What's going on, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into the My Mike and I podcast, episode 139 of the show. And before we get into all the nitty gritty details, did want to thank Generic Sports for producing an instrumental playing in the background. Also want to thank Vince Correa for designing the My Mike and I logo and helping out a ton with the My Mike and I Instagram page and the graphics that go into that. You could find that My Mike and I Instagram page at my period Mike and period I on Instagram. Uh, last episode, that's what I was going to promote. Last episode, both of them too, they hopped on to the podcast and we talked about our favorite hip hop albums, favorite hip hop songs, verses, and all that jazz basically surrounding hip-hop in the year 2020 we basically come together and talk about it on a nice little zoom call so be sure to check that one out and yeah i hope you guys are all doing great i am recording this on thursday january 7th and obviously yesterday january 6th goes without saying man crazy day in the news cycle right Uh, i'm sure a lot of you guys have heard what's going on in the capital you have the protesters that they didn't even protest, bro. They actually went in and broke into the U.S. Capitol where all the Congress people are located and whatnot. So you can call that domestic terrorist attack, I guess you could say. And um, man, it, it was a crazy day indeed. A day that we'll forever remember in history. And it could get ugly, man. It's only January 7th. Like I said, January 8th is when I plan on dropping this. So I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but um, I'm sure... It's there's going to be a lot more eventful things to come, I think, before Inauguration Day. So we shall see. Be sure to stay tuned and be sure to stay safe through all this. And make sure you guys, I don't know, always fact check your stuff. You know, biggest thing is I think now is there's a lot of news medias. And and I wouldn't even say news media is playing fake news. They're only showing you one side of news, right? So I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, you're somewhere in the middle, you're an independent party person, whatever. I think you just gotta, you know, use multiple sources, uh, don't block out the other side, and just be open-minded, guys, because I don't like seeing this country so divided. I mean, we are the united, quote-unquote, states of America, and right now, we're probably the most divided that we've ever been in the nation since probably the Civil War, and so, um, yeah, I guess I just want to encourage all the listeners to hear the other side out, make sure you fact-check things, make sure you... Know, try and read articles that are from both sides showing both showing both sides to the story because um yeah it's it's we're heading towards a not so good direction if we continue staying in this path and i don't know i, I don't know if that's a good country that we are headed for if we continue to stay on that path that being said enough of the politics let's go ahead and get into episode 139 the guest for this week's show can i get a drum roll please This week's guest is none other than Lizzie and the Palm. So Lizzie has a pretty dope story, and I'm going to let her tell it. I don't want to tell too much of it in the, um, obviously in the prequel or whatever. But she actually, you know, performs and uh, basically is living out in Berlin, Germany, living her best life, I would say, and doing basically following her dream, following her passions, getting to play music and all that kind of good stuff, being surrounded by good artistic people. So we talk about that, but she did grow up in Orange County. So we talk about going to OSHA, you know, growing up in Orange County, um, what she didn't like here, and just different stuff. And then obviously her move to Germany and what, um, and she's moved around a bit a little bit over Europe. Again, I don't want to tell her story for her, but like I said, it's a really dope story. I really like how she just kind of followed her passion and she's just like being a little feather in the wind where, you know, letting it take her wherever 
her music takes it. So anyways, without further ado, hope you enjoy the conversation with Lizzie and the Palm and myself. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, how did you come up with the name Lizzie and the Palm? Whoa, man. Um, well, my middle name is Marie de la Palm. Mm-hmm. Marie de la Palm is the name of my mom. Um, it's my family name, and um, my mom is French. So this is going to be a big question. Um, my mom is uh, French, and so I have like a lot of French family. And since I was a kid, I've been like going to visit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just like loved it over there. And it, it was the first thing that kind of got me out of Orange County and made me see like a different way of life. And um, and uh, and then when it kind of came time to to uh, pick a name. I felt, oh wait, I skipped a part. This is like a four-part question. I really need to like organize this question in my head because it's such a, a beast of a of an explanation. But um, okay, so that's part one. It's like my family. Part two um is uh for a long time. Okay, so I really didn't like growing up in Orange County, and for mm-hmm. a long time after I left, I was like every time I saw palm trees, I I just thought I I just get like this shudder of like oh man, you know Newport Beach, and mm-hmm. um so I really didn't like palm trees for a while, but um eventually I kind of came to discover that like my bad experiences like made me who I am as mm-hmm. well so it's kind of like another piece of the puzzle of me you know like the love of my family and like this this step out into the world and um and like I just have a really loving family like they mm-hmm. really really just nurtured the heck out of me yeah um and I I just like so many people don't have that yeah. to grow up in like this cradle of love it's it makes a big difference mm-hmm. and um yeah but that combined with like this i don't know it seemed to be like palm seemed to have these two like opposite meanings for me um but they both really made me who i am and then when the time came to pick my um my name my like artist name i was kind of thinking like well lizzie mulroy i didn't want to be lizzie mulroy because that's it doesn't have a nice ring to it yeah. um, and Lizzie de la Palm I was kind of like I don't know it's maybe but it's a little like a little bougie of me you know <laughs> de la Palm actually you know it's a little kind of fancy uh-huh. um, and then um, but I really felt like since I started writing songs I felt like like I had like a muse and I felt like the songs were just delivered to me I felt like I wasn't writing a song I felt like I was just being the messenger for a song and I mm. really felt like I needed to give credit to this to this like other source um, I watched this TED talk by Elizabeth Gilbert who mm. wrote Eat Pray Love and she was like talking in her TED talk about the huge pressure that she felt after she um, after she like released that because it turned into this freak success and she was like how can I ever beat that like nobody yeah. will you know all my other books are gonna suck and they don't know <laughs> like yeah. people have no idea that I'm just like a loser and um, and she was talking about like how in the olden days, um, I don't know how old, but back ways sometime, um, people didn't call a person a genius. They would call, they would say like an artist has a genius mm. and that it is their genius that works together with the artist and, and like helps them feed them some inspiration. Like and, an extension of themselves? Like, like a magical creature, okay. <laughs> like a like muse, you know. Yeah. And the artist like had a, had a genius, and when I think this was, she was talking about how I think, like, she thought this was a lot better for the mental health of an artist too, because in our society, so many artists are just like go off the rails. Yeah. 
so all of them, you yeah, know. Yeah, too much fame, whole, too much fast. Yeah, yeah. This is whole Twenty Seven Club. Everybody gets addicted to drugs, or you know, they get these crazy benders, and um, and she was saying like, this is like a better way to think about a genius or genius in general because um, it's not all this pressure on one person, you know, like that's too much pressure for one human, and and all these artists say that like. Mm-hmm. I saw this interview of Michael Jackson and he was talking about when he started writing Beat It and he was like, I just heard it. Like, <laughs> I just put on my tape recorder and started singing it. And then you hear him like on this four track looper mm-hmm. singing every part. He was singing the bass line and the drums and mm-hmm. he was like, I just heard it and I just sang it. And and um, and I feel like it felt really important to me to like put that in place in my name to safeguard myself from myself because my ego would crush me if I like thought I was so great as to write these great songs mm-hmm. that I, I feel like they're really great songs I mean I love the songs that I'm writing and they're just beautiful but they really don't I'm like how can I do that <laughs> um, they're I feel like people need I needed that growing up I needed that to to have spirit to have this like magical element mm-hmm. be a solid part of my life and to not be like ashamed of that you know mm-hmm. and um so I, I needed to put it in my name to like ground me you know yeah <laughs> um yeah so there's the three four part answer there you <laughs> go. Like your first question yeah was yeah. the it was like music always a part of your childhood or yeah. like when did you first start learning how to read um, and write music yeah my uh my dad is a musician. Mm-hmm. My dad is a composer of musical theater. No way. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's really, really good. Um, he, he wrote a musical about surfing. <laughs> about surfing? 60s. Yeah. Oh, surfing. Like, takes, yeah, surfing. Okay. Yeah, it takes place in the 60s. Um, and it's uh, like this golden age of surfing in California. And it's just so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. His music is so good. And he's been working on it for like 40 years, you know, this one musical. And mm-hmm. he's crafted it to, to perfection. It's it's amazing. So I grew up listening to his music, singing his music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, he plays piano, he plays guitar, he sings. You know, he's not a singer, but he sings. Yeah. Um, my mom was singing in the choir, and um, she was actually the choir the choir director okay. <laughs> for a bit. Or not the director, I guess, but for like a, you know, a kind of a small mass, a small French mass. Um, mm-hmm. She would um, be the, uh, yeah, the... the Cantor, is mm-hmm. that what that's called? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, um, and she's a dancer, so I was always around like music and um, art. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like destined for you then. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh. I came out singing. <laughs> Doctor smacked me in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What was like the first instrument or first tune that you remember singing or playing mm-hmm. an instrument? Um. Uh, first instrument. Well, we have a piano in my house, but. Mm-hmm. I don't. I wouldn't say that's like my instrument. I do really love it, but um, I didn't get very far with it. I started kind of teaching myself guitar mm-hmm. and ukulele when I was like fifteen or sixteen. Um, I think, yeah, <laughs> I would like go to school with my guitar and mm. I could only play like four chords, but I thought it was so cool because <laughs> I had a guitar, so I would like make a point of going to school and then practicing like ten minutes in the you know in between classes. Yeah. But at least I could carry a guitar no, all yeah, day yeah. with me, and people would like. It's like a weird. It's like a cool flex. Yeah, it's such know? a flex. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and it was like my dad's like vintage, you know, Gibson, mm. mahogany, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, 
pop it out and everybody would be like, ooh, you know, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I just slowly kind of started, you know, playing a little bit more, a little bit more. And um, I think, like, yeah. I've always been singing, though. I yeah. Did, um, I did musical theater <laughs> in high school. I okay. went to, like, an arts high school and did that very properly. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of an intense world, so I got out of it. And uh, You said you went to a musical arts school? Was mm-hmm. it OSHA? Yeah, I went to OSHA. Okay, how's that? I've, yeah, I've like, never really met intense. anyone there. <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. Um, it, was, uh, it was really nice. It was very... I mean, it's weird. It's like a whole bubble. You don't do anything else except for OSHA when you go to OSHA. Yeah. Like, OSHA is your world. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was pretty all-consuming, but I had some great teachers. Mm-hmm. Ironically, my greatest teacher was um, in math, but and he kind of like changed my mm-hmm. perception of, you know, limitations and stuff like that because <clears throat> I thought I was bad at math, and then I became good at math, and that was oh, like, there you go. the biggest lesson, you know, ever. Yeah. It's nice when teachers, like, can kind of reinstall that, like, belief in you and yourself and then kind of, like, make you... uh, Yeah, for sure. Because I felt like that way in English. Yeah. uh, In high school, Mm. bad English teachers. And then I got to college. Yeah. And I was like, you're actually a strong writer. And I was like, what? (laughs) Oh, shit. Like, now I write, like, blog and stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool. Shout out to that teacher. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, like, the real job of a teacher is to to see the seed inside of somebody and just, like, you know, water it. it And, yeah, it's... um. And to, like, let them do it themselves, you know, not just... Most teachers, like, kind of give you the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you don't... I don't... I want to find it out for myself. Like, that's what gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. So at OSHA, is everyone required to, like, have some sort of, like, artistic elective? Because I, I, I don't... Never yeah. been there. Yeah, you have to, like, audition for a conservatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's 15, 12, something like that, conservatories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's classical dance and creative writing and musical theater and guitar and all these things Mm -hmm. um and you audition for one you come with your little portfolio or your sheet music and sing a song (laughs) um or two do a monologue or whatever um and you uh yeah and then you get accepted or you don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you you do like from eight to two you do like academic classes and then at two to five you do um arts classes okay dang so pretty much a full day yeah 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 it's a it's a pretty full day and mm-hmm. then if you're in musical theater sometimes you have like rehearsal or dance dancers also have rehearsal and mm-hmm. so it can it can get to pretty long days i would be pretty much to school till like eight o'clock there you go dang. Was, yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a lot <laughs> that's why i say it was like it's your whole world it's, yeah so it's weird when you get out of it you're like yeah. oh there's a whole other world out here <laughs> i didn't know yeah well yeah. what was your what do you call them contemporaries Oh, conservatories. Conservatories. What was your conservatory? Um, musical theater. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was with the, the theater kids. <laughs> there you go. I was a theater kid. <laughs> yeah. We would all just harmonize Disney songs in the hallway. Like, <laughs> it, actually, though, it was it's not an exaggeration. Okay. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> Disney writes such good songs. <laughs> it feels so good to, like, sing them with your whole heart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going looking back at your high school experience, what was like some of your favorite um, theaters or plays that you got to put on? We did Les Mis, um, mm-hmm. and that was amazing. I would like cry every rehearsal because it's such a devastating story. But it was, um, yeah, it was so beautiful. The music is so beautiful. We did a show called Once on This Island. That was really nice, mm-hmm. kind of Caribbean. Um, 
and that was a, like a lot of ensemble singing. Mm. It's really really special to like sing in the ensemble, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody learns like their parts, and I think singing in harmony is like the most beautiful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like in the world is harmonizing for the people, and I feel like everybody can, and everybody is supposed to sing in groups, you know, mm-hmm. like back in the olden days yeah, yeah. <laughs> those vaguely olden days uh-huh. I think people you know all did sing together and and it's so heart filling like it's so necessary and super healing so um so that was a really good experience was like to mm-hmm. to have you know singing with like 30 people all singing the same words and yeah in perfect harmony and everything's in pitch and it's beautiful it's, yeah it's like really yeah that was cool and costumes and you know, being really dramatic in the background. Mm-hmm. I was always like an ensemble person. I never was a, a star okay. <laughs> character. Um, but it's funny to be in the background. You can <laughs> they tell you to say like peace and carrots, like to mount to lip. You know, mm-hmm. just go in the background. Like, it looks like you're fake talking, but in the oh, background, you know, okay, like yeah. in the scenery. <laughs> and some people will get into like elaborate, you know, situations, and, mm-hmm. and nobody really sees it. But it's very fun. There you go. How many plays would you guys have, like, on average during the year? Two, I think. Okay, so just one fall, one spring? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I think so. There was, like, one big one in the fall, <clears throat> a musical, I think, and then there would be, like, play in the spring. I can't really remember. Yeah, I think, like, one a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was, like, one big musical year. Mm-hmm. Everybody would wait. <laughs> Anticipation. What's yeah. the musical this year? There you go. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier that you weren't a fan of living in Orange County. Was that, like, what kind of age did you realize that hit you man i i remember like really young looking in national geographic and being like shocked and how colorful it was and i was like why is this so beautiful like people are wearing these bright red and golden things and we're all like there's just boxes here like everybody's in these beige boxes and everything looks the same and um you know like as i mentioned i, I had the fortune to go to france and <clears throat> um, a lot of summers of my childhood and just see like how different things were and I, I remember like really early on being to my mom like why did you come to America it's so it's so ugly and everything's so beige and like I don't know mm-hmm. but I really distinctly remember being like five or something and looking at National Geographic and being like I want to go where there's these colors mm-hmm. like why are there no colors here everybody's just wearing black <laughs> yeah well, not, not everybody. You weren't yelling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stand out a little but bit. But yeah, yeah. You yeah. see these, like, Kenyan women and, like, mm. it's just gorgeous. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And people aren't afraid to be, like, colorful. And... Right. That's the biggest thing. I remember even um, I went to Sacramento State mm. for college and um, meeting a lot of international students. Mm. A lot of them dress very colorful. Yeah. And you could just easily, like, after a while, like, you kind of tell. And, like, even when I moved mm. back home to Orange County... I met, like, one person at the bar, and, like, I could just tell, like, they were, like, not from here, and yeah, yeah. it turned out that that person was from Peru, mm, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, like, just the colors, and she's yeah. like, really? And I was like, yeah, like, people don't dress, like, yeah. that colorful here, you know? And they don't have, like, this, I feel like there's less, like, kind of self-consciousness, you know? I feel like people are just, yeah, they're just like, I'm a human, like, mm-hmm. what are you? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's so much, you know, mm-hmm. like, rigid perfection here, and, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So where you said your <coughs> mom's side of the family is from France, <laughs> what part of France? Um, well, her three sisters they grew up in Grenoble, <laughs> in Grenoble, mm-hmm. in the mountains. Um, 
um so they grew up you know in a very naturey place with an outhouse and everything um and like a well i think um but her sisters now live in paris she has three sisters mm-hmm. um and my mom she came to she came to new york when she was like 18 or 19 or 20 mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just on a boat <laughs> was like i got to dance yeah got to dance i'm going to go to new york to dance mm-hmm. cuz she didn't you know she wanted more opportunities so um so yeah, they live in, in Paris. We're not really from Paris, but they lived in Paris. They live in Paris. <clears throat> My grandparents lived in Paris um, up until a few years ago, and um, yeah, right on. Yeah, my grandparents had this um like kind of a, a like a home in the woods mm-hmm. near to Paris, and that's where we would go in the summers. And mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. What were some of those like summer days consisting of at your grandparents' house? <sighs> raspberry tarts <laughs> <laughs> raspberries from the garden and yeah my grandma had this beautiful garden full of flowers apple trees and mm-hmm. um running around the fields building tree houses and oh, shit. cabins okay. and stuff yeah. yeah like so uh so wholesome <laughs> yeah <clears throat> um picking mushrooms in the forest okay yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like she yeah called, yeah these like really really tasty mushrooms okay Not, like <laughs> yeah i was saying grandma grandma had you tripping early huh? <laughs> these raspberries are so good <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um just a lot of family time i have like a big you know my mom has these three sisters um and they all have, you know, a couple, like three to, three to five kids, two, mm-hmm. two to three, yeah, three to five kids each. Mm-hmm. So we were like a big family, a big load of cousins. We'd all just get, go to the farm in the summer, and we're all just like running around, getting in trouble, and mm-hmm. you know, sandboxes and wagons and stuff. And yeah. it was really, really, really good. Damn. Okay. Sounds legit. It was. Oh, <laughs> it was so beautiful. Like everybody should have that. Yeah. Really. Like, so was that your plan like after you were done at um, in high school mm-hmm. just to go move to <clears throat> France? No, um I was like I got to get out. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. But um I actually went to Kenya for a year. I did a gap year. Mm. And around my I think around my sophomore or junior year, I like decided I'm going to take a gap year and I wanted to go as far away <laughs> as possible and to the most colorful place I can find and so yeah. I I went um I found this like volunteer program. And I kind of wanted to go to an African country, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> probably just because I love the Lion King so much, yeah. <laughs> um, but also because of, you know, these, these colors that I saw in National Geographic and, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I did, I went to Kenya, I found, you know, like a project and, um, I did like this exchange program thing, really? cultural youth exchange program. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to like school out there and stuff, or what did that consist no, of? No, it was just it was just a year um, of volunteering, like volunteer work, and um, mm-hmm. I was teaching kids guitar and ukulele. No um, way! Yeah, it was so fun, and they were so smart and mm-hmm. so so sweet, and oh, and the ground was so red and the sky was so blue, and I got the colors, and it was really really magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it everything? I guess if there was something like that you didn't <clears> expect. <throat> before and then after being in Kenya like was there something that surprised you at all um it's gonna sound like probably like not what you expect um but um I think like kind of one of the biggest ways that it changed me was um (laughs) I 
I mean, of course, like, you never take running water for granted again, but I, I was there, like, in my volunteer program, um, I got, I was, I was put in, like, a project in Nairobi, in the capital city, mm-hmm. um, and also in Nairobi were four other, three other, um, German boys who were in my program, it was, like, international kind of thing, so there were people from mostly Germany and Austria, mm-hmm. and a couple other European countries, um, and, um, and I was there with three German boys and like every, we just like became really good friends. I mean, all the volunteers like were so, so tightly knit. Um, but then the others kind of got scattered into like more villages and rural places. And mm-hmm. we were in Nairobi and every weekend we would hang out, um, with our Kenyan friends. We would go to clubs and oh, <laughs> parties yeah. so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we would travel, you know, everything is so cheap for us. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, we would go traveling and go to these beautiful places and, and we were just such like a, a group and and it's gonna sound weird, but it was like really um it was like really shocking to me that I was with these guys who just liked me for me. Mm. I feel like I spent a lot of my teens and a lot of my like youth just trying to be like really hot and mm-hmm. really beautiful and like trying to get the attention of boys and mm-hmm. um Damn, okay. Cause I was so I had like no self esteem mm-hmm. in in myself as a person, so I just relied completely on, like, like I just tried to I guess make my whole identity about like my looks, mm-hmm. um, and it was just such a shock to like really feel like oh my god you actually care about me like you yeah. you don't like you don't I don't, and I stopped wearing makeup that year mm-hmm. and before that I was like, I mean I wasn't caked but I was kind of caked you know <laughs> this is like what 2010s this yeah. is also the style back then with like you know <laughs> flying at the jaw and stuff so um so yeah that was like that really really changed me was like to um just not feel like I was um just like trying to sleep with anybody like I yeah. wasn't trying to like like an object almost it wasn't like it was like I, f- I just found more in myself like I was like I realized I I had a personality that people liked it wasn't just I wasn't like that I could like that people would like me Mm -hmm. for something other than than my exterior because I was just so uncomfortable in high school I was so not myself and Mm -hmm. you know we have a very like this whole Instagram-y culture it's very like out exterior and and um and these people i met like my friends these guys they were just such good people like they're it's like a little family we had you know they always mm-hmm. like we'd just pay for each other like we'd go to the grocery store one person would pay without anybody any discussion like nobody mm-hmm. was like oh we're gonna demo you fucking 59 cents or whatever <laughs> like people would just it was like there's no discussion like that is ridiculous <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and um that really was like a huge a huge takeaway was just meeting these people who were like so not about that and they didn't have that self-consciousness of that i so felt um like growing up here they were just like humans and they didn't expect me to be perfect and, and yeah it took me like a while to like accept that and mm. then i was never the same and and you still keep in touch with them yeah yeah, yeah. We, we don't talk much now we're, yeah. we're all kind of scattered but um but yeah we had a really great camping trip a couple of years ago in Portugal. We like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We just 
found, we looked on the map and we we're like, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> Green there. Let's go there. So we went there and, you know, walked with a huge bag of tent and stuff and um, found this nice little pine forest on the edge of the coast. And Dang. Just... <laughs> We, we had to cook rice with with seawater. Yeah. It was so salty. Never do that. It was like completely inedible. Except for our friend Conrad. He really liked it. <laughs> Alright. Duly noted. Yeah. And I yeah. Yeah, we've been visiting each other a bit over the years, but um mm-hmm. we have yet to reunite, you know, again in full force and do another proper adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So going back to the Kenya trip after you finish that, mm-hmm. come back, finish up at OSHA. But like, how did that? I guess what lasting effect? Other than you know how the the boys from Germany cheated mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the lasting effects did that have on you? Like just being in another country. Oh man, I just can never come back here. I mean, I can never. I like I already was like itching to leave from so from so young, but um, it's just like really solidified it. I mean. <clears throat> The food is so fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what a mango tastes like. Yeah. This, this mangoes in the supermarket is, like, not what a mango tastes like. <laughs> I didn't even like bananas until I went to Kenya. Oh. I didn't like bananas, and then I went, and then I actually had a real banana, and now I love bananas. I eat bananas, like, with my dinner, like, on the plate, <laughs> eating with salty food. Yeah. Bananas are amazing. But um, <clears throat> the food was so fresh, and the people are so present and and it's so exciting it's Mm. like everybody's talking and shouting and it's just uh they're like really in the world like people Mm. are not numb Mm -hmm. people are like invested in talking to each other people need each other yeah and that's like (sighs) feels so good Mm -hmm. to be in that environment you know where people like we don't need each other very much here we're like got our fridge stocked and yeah. pantry stocked you go to costco you get five million rolls of toilet paper and you don't yeah. have to go outside for a month and mm-hmm. and um so lonely and and in kenya i never felt lonely it was like i mm. just felt like i was bringing something to people um and i needed stuff from people and i was um i didn't get like a very big stipend for, is it stipend is that the right word um, i think so yeah from yeah. like my my government from yeah this government the american government uh-huh. um <clears throat> to like pay for my you know food every month so i was pretty poor mm-hmm. in kenya and it was so nice it was so nice to be poor and just to like accept things from people and and you know my kenyan friends would always like invite me to come eat at their at Aww. their house and cook for me and and it was just like um yeah, that was also another thing that really changed in me was like being in that world where people are like looking up, you know, not looking down and not with the earbuds. Like, yeah. oh, no earbuds, everybody's like, just there's like this humming energy, electricity in the air between everybody. Yeah, would you say it was like a greater sense of community? Totally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, people, people need each other and people need to be needed and they need to feel useful in their community it's like such a it's the, i feel like it's such an essential part of happiness mm-hmm. to feel like you're yeah part of part of a tribe Makes <laughs> community sense. yeah yeah okay so what was your plan after i guess high school and finishing up that <clears throat> my plan was um 
finishing up Kenya. Well, my, my plan was like, I'm going to go to Kenya and you're never going to see me again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I actually, my mom got sick at the end of my year in Kenya. She had breast cancer, so I came home mm. to be with her. Um, and then, um, and then after that, I was, uh, I kind of made a deal with myself. I'll do like one year of university in, um, in France. I'll go to France and do a year of college in Paris. <clears throat> and if I don't like it, then I will go back to plan A, which is like travel the world uh, with a backpack and make documentaries and nice. about community and I'm going to save the world. That was my plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And that changed. But as plans do. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Of course, yeah. Mm. So did you end up going to the University of France? I did, mm. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was full of Californians. It was super weird. It was supposed to be like an international <laughs> university, but everybody there was from USC. They were all like these USC exchange students. Okay. Like, oh, no. Like, I, I was <laughs> you didn't get very far. It. Yeah, I got there, and they were like, what's up, dude? And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but, but I met some nice people, and I had an, another couple really, really good professors. Um really great painting teacher um a really great um literature teacher and who just like (laughs) let me unleash my super nerd Mm -hmm. so I got to get really passionate about projects and I love deadlines I miss school I really love school I only did that one year of university and I haven't been in school since but I miss it it's so nice to just have like yeah. clear <laughs> yeah. clear like do this right okay <laughs> so nice to right. just have a uh, a guide mm-hmm. um yeah because i think you could set yourself some deadlines but it's different unless mm. like when obviously like the teacher sets yeah. the professor and you don't turn it in on time you get in trouble usually, yeah right? it's like if you miss your deadline it's just like oh well like you yeah. know there's no really like real repercussions for it yeah i think like i really want to be like witnessed by a professor you know i feel yeah. like it was really important for me to have like an older person who's not my parents see something in me and expect something from me and for me to be able to like deliver something mm-hmm. to somebody and for them to say good job it's like <laughs> but mean it you know because yeah. like, that's that was like I feel like young people really need mentors mm-hmm. something oh, yeah. so so essential mm-hmm. I so. think young people are very impressionable right yeah they yeah. look up they, they need <clears throat> someone to look up to and so yeah. Like, yeah and there's too much like stuff with the parents you know there's just too much like baggage mm-hmm. there to not for everybody but um it's hard to especially when you're quite young you know like 18 it's hard to have like a clean uh reception of like the lessons that your parents can teach you mm-hmm. it's hard to to accept that like cleanly but somebody who you don't have any beef with yeah. <laughs> 10 <laughs> years of somebody telling you to pick up your socks like you can't <laughs> your teachers don't do that and you can like actually take what they have to offer and mm-hmm. um and yeah, I think it's just, it's, that we were talking about that before, about, like, that's the real teacher's job, is, like, to, to, to make you understand that there's something in you worth mm. working on, and, yeah. like, it's just the most beautiful gift you can give it, mm-hmm. a youth, um, yeah. There you go. Mm. So you said you only did one year at the university or did you end up staying no I did I did one year I stuck out my deal to myself and then I said okay uh nope I would like to go and (laughs) save the world with my backpack and my little feet and hands and camera um and so I went to uh Berlin to do like a a documentary filmmaking course for two months Mm -hmm. um because my plan was to travel around Europe and visit different like communities and stuff and um yeah, make a, make a documentary about why 
people should live in communities and why we need that to be happy to save the world and blah 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 and then <clears throat> I went to Berlin to do this documentary filmmaking course and I just fell completely head over heels in love with Berlin um, mm. there's just some crazy crazy artists and I am a crazy crazy artist <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh my people and yeah I found this big um a big studio house like an eight-story studio Ooh, sure. house for artists yeah an artist studio house where you could rent a, a studio and and on the first floor there was this like this volunteer project where people would go rescue food from the trash and then cook it and give it for donation it sounds gross what? but it's clean yeah, yeah. um yeah so there was like free food there was movie nights there was a jam session every day of the week on some floor and mm-hmm. and there were 200 ar- artists like living in one building and Ooh, um, wow. <clears throat> it was just nuts mm-hmm. it was really crazy and parties all the time and so much <laughs> <laughs> parties <laughs> um <clears throat> and just everybody was a super nerd and super mm-hmm. passionate and people like doing really crazy kinds of art you know there was this one girl named alex from spain and she she does like you know those um what are they called projectors those like old projectors mm. that we'd have in middle school with like the, the box yeah. and the thing and then yeah the yeah, thing, yeah and, and then like, it down, yeah, yeah and then you put yeah you shine it down and project <laughs> the it. laminate screen and yeah laminate, yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> she would like put like she would you know project it and then mm. she'd put like ink and, and feathers and like move stuff around and somebody else would play music live to that doing like noise and ambient mm. music and doing like a live set and, and it was so hypnotizing to just watch all this like ink and these bubbles and these things so magnified and <laughs> it was amazing you know I saw art I never dreamed of and, and people were just like slaves to art and that's what I felt like I was that's maybe cool. a servant to art <laughs> yeah it's like so just helplessly devoted to it so mm-hmm. and that was um it was hard to stay away from that mm-hmm. i did you know i stayed in berlin two months longer than i meant to um mm-hmm. <clears throat> i was like oh this art you know house it's a community it's perfect i can yeah. stay here and work on my documentary but um yeah it was hard to leave and then i left and i traveled a bit but uh, about one year later i was like okay i need to move to berlin and sing on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to. Um, and so I did. Nice. Yes. Now I'm a musician. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I mean, did you tell anyone that that was like your plan when you moved back to Berlin or was, and how did that get received? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I guess I did. I mean, I told my family, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be a street musician. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was one of my childhood dreams to be a street musician. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Paris, when I would go in, um, to Paris, when I was a kid, I would always just be like totally hypnotized by these, these guys in the Metro mm-hmm. playing trumpet or whatever and echoing halls. And my cousins would always have to like go back and drag me away from them. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went, and my friends were all really happy. My mm-hmm. Berlin friends were really happy for me too, mm-hmm. to um, do music. And I bought myself a little amp mm-hmm. and a little microphone stand and, and an electric guitar. Did I? Yes, I did. I bought myself an electric guitar for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I uh, hit the streets and and I learned. There you go. Yeah. Well, so what did like a daily consist a, li- a day in the life of Lizzie in Berlin as a street performer? What did that consist of? Um, <clears throat> it was different every day because I lived in this artist community for mm-hmm. for like three years. So um, 
I was subject to many other things. It wasn't like just wake up, make my day. It was like leave my room, you know, just like I'm sharing a floor with like 30 people and mm. sharing bathrooms in a kitchen with like 30 people. And mm. it was a lot about like the greenhouse. That was the name of the place. It was mm. really special because, um, cause we just had our own community. Like we had our own world. It was kind of like OSHA. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that it was just its own like self-contained bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I only, you know, I didn't busk that much. I wasn't like doing it every day. Mm-hmm. I was like hanging out every day for for a lot and jamming every day. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I would just kind of wake up, see what was cooking. If it looked like there was some action, I would stick around and <laughs> you know do something with somebody. Yeah, you know, smoke or <laughs> go to the park or jam and yeah, uh, um, you know, just listen to people drone on and on about their life and some some accent and <laughs> is amazing yeah um parties there was all these parties mm-hmm. always like events and um and then sometimes i would busk <laughs> yeah i would go busking um so it was hard to say Most, what's, I guess, what's busking a uh, busking is uh like um street performing. okay yeah. like the very yeah. okay yeah street performing in general mm-hmm. if you paint you know on the street or whatever so yeah so busking it's like his yeah panhandling is that Panhandling? I think that's different. I think that's just like asking. Okay, is that yeah. Just asking? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. That's how I was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it could be, yeah. 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 Well, um, <clears throat> yeah, and then some days I would go busk. Nice. And, um, and that went really well. I mean, it was really hard. It's very hard to go and make, like, go and impo- impose your noise onto people <laughs> in, <the> public, <laughs> in public. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, with an amplifier. <laughs> Amplify your yeah. noises. <laughs> That's like really scary. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took me a while to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I think you like it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that took me a while to kind of gain some confidence to just roll up and be like, I am playing music now. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've arrived, people. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not party because this is ukulele, but. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So where typically would you go? Like it was like in front of like a big town hall or somewhere um, like yeah, that yeah i found i kind of quickly found like my i'm also kind of lazy <laughs> i didn't want to like go go all the way around berlin because oh my gosh there's just so many places in you it's a train you know you don't like drive in berlin it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> expensive to get a license in a car and mm-hmm. it's the city so you take the train and you're the amplifier on the trolley and the microphone stand and the backpack and the electric guitar and everything's so heavy so it was like kind of a hassle to finding places so once I kind of found my street I would go like kind of cafe hopping um and go play in front of um maybe there were like six cafes Mm -hmm. on this one street um (laughs) and I would uh go and you know just sing in front of each terrace and sing three songs and pass my hat um and then uh and then there was this there's this big uh like abandoned airfield turned into a park Mm. park Okay. Um, it's called Tempelhoferfeld, and mm. it's um, just like a massive, you know, airfield, and so it's really, really flat and huge. <clears throat> Sorry, I have something on my throat today. Um, and you can see like clouds for miles and miles. It's a really beautiful spot, and there's always loads of people there. So, I would go and play like at the entrance of that. That was just at the end of that little street. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the middle of that street, there was like a little, like a little church, thing church restaurant thing i don't know it was like half church half restaurant i don't really get it but <laughs> um <laughs> um i would go play in front of there there's like a little lawn and um 
yeah, and then I would always end end my day at sunset on the field and sing, sing there, and all the you know people coming in and out of the field with the bikes and the babies and the dogs and the ice cream truck and the sunset. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss it. That sounds up. Did the language barrier at all like affect you? No, Berlin mm-hmm. is uh, completely international. Mm. People hardly speak German there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's not. I mean, you know, people do speak German, but it's mostly English. Okay. Everywhere speaks English, except for like old German bars. Yeah. And they will not speak English with you. They're like, fucking learn our language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever pick up on any German or? Yeah, I did. Mm. I did, um, especially in Kenya with my my German friends. They mm. kind of like got me on the German train. German is a really funny language. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very very, um, cutting and precise and. Yeah. <laughs> Like, really clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very smart and um, just exacting, which I, I really like. Um, <clears throat> so I did pick up on some German, but the greenhouse was very international, so it wasn't, like, a very German environment. Yeah. Yeah, there was only, like, <laughs> six German people Makes in sense. the whole house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I did learn some from friends. It's just hard to learn a language without being forced to speak it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can speak your native language mm-hmm. like you kind of will mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. My, my German is still pretty basic level okay yeah now I know like the seasons are very different in Germany mm-hmm. how did like what do you call it busking busking yeah busking yeah how would busking go like in like cold winters or just like when the seasons would kind of affect it's cold it's really cold yeah my fingers would get really cold and it's just not really possible for some of the year. Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah, I had to stop. <laughs> That's how it got affected. Um, but, you know, spring in Berlin is the most magical time because everybody, like, Berlin's freezing in the winter. Mm-hmm. Very, very cold. It's like minus four there right now, Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is very, very, very cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it would be, I don't know what that would be in Fahrenheit. But, um, yeah, when the spring comes, everybody just like comes to life everybody's so so busy in the winter everybody's so grumpy um because it's so cold for so long and so gray and so cloudy Mm -hmm. and so dark um so when spring comes everybody is just like so happy and so full of love and it's like a big hippie place there's Mm. tons of hippies everybody's like "Ah!" (laughs) dancing in the grass and stuff Mm -hmm. and um yeah, that's nice. So it's really fun to start playing again in the spring. That's the best time. Everybody's in a really good mood. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, winter, you had to, <clears throat> I had to stop. Mm-hmm. Or just play when there's, on a sunny day. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the other challenges of just, you know, everyday busking? Um, I mean, like I said, it's like really hard to, especially in the beginning, it was like, I felt so like, unworthy to take up the air waves and to make noise you know especially because i'm busking in these terraces so i'm just like oh my god these people are just trying to like enjoy a nice coffee with their friend and i'm coming like white girl ukulele like just all over their coffee and like, <laughs> i felt so bad to like impose myself mm-hmm. into um an, a peaceful scene like that and it took a it kind of you know i was very like vulnerable for a, for a time and if like I got a couple times you know some grouchy lady would be like <laughs> like turn oh. it down and I like just cried <laughs> like uh, I couldn't not yeah. cry it was so it's so like hard to and also because my songs are like my personal journal you know it's like yeah. my diary <laughs> it's yeah. so so uh, intimate and um 
and you're just like singing is so naked mm-hmm. it's the it's such an intimate thing and it's so vulnerable because you're just like well this is what my the inside of my body sounds like <laughs> when you push air through it yeah. this is like what it's so so vulnerable and mm-hmm. It's like very hurtful if if somebody doesn't like it, mm-hmm. which is why I think most people don't sing because it's it's intimidating. So intimidating, and yeah. if one person when you're a kid is like, oh, stop Even, singing, yeah. you're just like scarred for life. Right. I feel like most people have had that experience. It's, they didn't have like a safe place to just make noise and let it out. So that was hard in the beginning. Was like a couple people would mm-hmm. sometimes you know a neighbor would say oh, turn it down or like mm-hmm. stop playing or somebody would just be. Yeah, and that, like, really, really <laughs> hit me hard. I would just, like, <laughs> <laughs> stop in the middle of a song and yeah. start crying and yeah. pack up my stuff. Like, you know, my shoulders all caving in and yeah. just walk away, like, so ashamed. And sometimes mm. I would feel so ashamed to go sing that I would just, like, sing and then just leave. I wouldn't even pass my hat. I would just, oh, okay. like, get out of there. And, like, I'm so sorry. I'm, like, worthy to ask you for money after what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, um, that was hard, but mm-hmm. eventually, like, I got good, you know, you get the streets, uh, busking is, like, the best trainer mm-hmm. um, for music, you get so good, and you learn how to hold a crowd, you learn how to read the people, you learn right. how to, um, let go, you learn how to relax, and you get good from practicing all the time, so you're relaxed, and, um, and then eventually, like, now I know I can go, and I can, and I'm, like, yeah i'm like bringing live music what yeah. a gift like i'm so excited to yeah. go and i mean it's still scary but um sometimes and if somebody would say like you suck i would probably still cry <laughs> <laughs> but um actually no i would probably just laugh now because i know they're just so grumpy <laughs> it's like not my you know i know it's something in their life because mm-hmm. i don't suck yeah <laughs> well <laughs> what were some of those steps that you took to increase that confidence or just increase your your comfortability while playing and performing um i don't think i did i did take any Mm -hmm. i just kept doing it just kept okay yeah repetition yeah just just continuing you Mm -hmm. know like not stopping um just busking and also like being in the greenhouse helped so much because i was jamming all the time like we would always it was always a jam every night somewhere (laughs) you just go among the floors or in the stairwells there were these big echoing stairwells you know these eight story like metal wall stairwells and the echo in there was just incredible and and the lights used to turn off and it would just be pitch black like no windows and you would go in there and and the automatic light would turn off just start singing in the dark and the echo is like the most beautiful live delay reverb thing you could ever imagine and people would like come on different floors and sit on their landings and then sing with you and Uh there would be like these stairwell jams yeah we call them the stairwell jams and people were always jamming in the stairs so you could always find a jam and and that really helped because you just get used to not censoring yourself mm-hmm. you know like i i really am so mind blown by rappers because like how do you get past the beginning when you're just like tripping over your words and you're yeah. saying such stupid stuff like yeah it's so amazing too <laughs> like you're so ridiculous at the beginning when you rap you know yeah. you're like yeah yeah my, my name is lizzie you know kind of dizzy and you know like i'm in a tizzy like what else you you know yeah like how do you get the that takes so much courage Mm -hmm. that's um at least singing you can kind of hide between like you know you can kind of cop out but yeah um 
So that helped a lot, just like getting confidence. Again, making noise and um, just being around so much music and so much like different kinds of music. There were so many metalheads in the greenhouse, there was mm. jazz people and um, you know classical flamenco, whatever. There was these noise ambience. It's not such such a big thing here, but in Berlin, it's really big. You know, mm. people who just are like, <gasps> and they're just making like frequencies and noises and <laughs> nice. weird like and really big techno and like really <laughs> aggressive and reggae and, and um, mm-hmm. a lot of like swing and you know guys oh, with accordions yeah. and stuff like really Ooh, you know fiddles okay. and stuff yeah <laughs> double bass and um yeah just super super rich environment like a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. did you ever dabble into like other genres of music or yeah. even genres of art while yeah. you were busking while i was busking um i mean in the jams like in the greenhouse that was where i was i was just i would, I would jam with anybody as mm-hmm. long as i felt it you know as long as i you know and there were like these proper jam sessions that would happen once a week there would be this it's called the urban bass jam mm-hmm. session and other jam sessions in this other place and another floor and um you know like i don't i don't care what kind of genre it is i don't have a genre i just i hear a melody in my head while the music is playing and i feel it and i go to the microphone or i don't and i don't mm-hmm. but but um could be heavy metal it could be you know i sang when they were playing heavy metal i was yeah. like yeah i feel it i'm gonna go sing on top of this and um you know or if it was like flute beatbox like i don't know it was so many different kinds of stuff um yeah there you go so how how long did you get to spend in berlin while uh, busking um i was in berlin i actually like I'm st- I only came here for Christmas mm. last year. <laughs> like, mm. I got stuck with the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, And then snap. I was like, well, you know, as long as this is going on, I might as well record um, an EP because I found a producer mm-hmm. here who I liked um, and who's really good. So <clears throat> I, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm I technically still live in Berlin. Like, I have okay. a flat. And yeah, I have, yeah. like, all my stuff there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Instruments and, you know, cushions and nice lamps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss my lamps so much. Um, and my plants. Oh, my God. They must be all dead. <laughs> I don't know if my friends can take care of them. They're all, like, cacti, too. But even I was struggling to keep those guys alive. <laughs> um, yeah, so <clears throat> I still live in Berlin. But mm-hmm. I moved to Berlin. I went the first time in 2016. And then I was like, I'm going to be a street musician. 2017. Mm-hmm. Moved there in 2017. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I've been there since 2017 up until mm-hmm. Christmas last year. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a good solid three, four years. Dang, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, with Berlin, there's a lot of places in history and like, one place I've always wanted to visit is like Auschwitz and like some of the other mm. concentration camps that are still there. Have you ever gotten a chance to do any exploration? No. No? I'm pretty lazy. I just stayed in the greenhouse. It's <laughs> like eight stories of 200 psychopaths to yeah. discover. Like I didn't go anywhere else. I didn't, I haven't like seen one tourist even in Berlin. Okay. Right. Only like by accident. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people were like, oh, you know, if you want to go see the wall, you should go that way. I'm like, what? Is the Berlin wall around here? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you've never seen the wall. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of happened by accident. I'm like, oh, yeah. there it is. Yeah. Okay cool like you know see a monument from afar but mm-hmm. i never um yeah i just lived in the greenhouse it was like a slightly outside of the city just mm-hmm. like a you know like a 10 minute bus ride out from the last um stop on like one train line mm-hmm. one of the tram train metro lines subway there we go um 
So it was pretty isolated and in kind of in like an industrial area, mm-hmm. which was nice because we could make a lot of noise and play really late and have these crazy, <laughs> crazy parties. With like just like there would be these techno parties that would like just shake my windows, you know? Yeah. I was like living on the fourth floor uh-huh. for most of the time I was there and, and you're just going to sleep like, <laughs> like every Friday night. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so, so loud. But yeah, we didn't have any neighbors around so mm-hmm. people could play loud and nice. party hard and yeah it was great yeah so how was it moving back to california i guess not even moving back just coming back to visit uh, <sighs> yeah, and just was, like you know overall the culture yeah. adjustment um it was hard because i'm because i'm an ungrateful little <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm 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 kind of a brat you know i'm kind of like oh it's better in berlin and like you have to go see some culture and like people in orange county are so close-minded i'm like oh get over yourself you know I'm starting to and I met people and I'm like you're just a person you know yeah. like you're not a Newport dude you're not a this dude you're not like you're just a person we're all like just people and, mm-hmm. and like it is hard to be back in the beige boxes and you know like all these SUVs and all the cars are so big and mm-hmm. it's all just like oh, you spend half your life here looking for parking you know yeah, like it's yeah. so like it's weird and, mm-hmm. and I, I miss it out there I really just It's just a, it's, it's just so different. It's yeah. just so different and so mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but it's been good for me because um <clears throat> like I got really I was like kind of afraid to come back. Um because I was like such a loser <laughs> for so long here and it, it took me like 4 years of being in Berlin to like kind of be kind of be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, to get cool and then once I started being good at music everybody's like oh you're so cool and i'm like what <laughs> me I'm, I'm, a, I'm a loser yeah i sing disney songs <laughs> like, um and it's been like really interesting to come back here mm-hmm. and people are like oh like i love your music and this and that and i thought like i would come back here and be like a loser from high school again mm-hmm. and it was like not the case and it's been really nice to just come back because i'm not in high school anymore duh, i'm like 25 but mm-hmm. um it's just been like nice to to come back like settled in myself and like not be this this same person i used to be when i was growing up here who was like so self-conscious and trying so hard to like impress boys and trying to just like yeah so fake i was so so fake and so like yeah you know you can just feel when people are like self-conscious and like afraid to take up the space of their body Mm -hmm. and um and, um, you know, I still feel like that a bit because I live in Newport Beach. Well, my, my dad <clears throat> lives in Newport Beach and I'm at his house and people are very fancy. <laughs> He's got nice, nice sweaters and mm-hmm. cars and stuff. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> I find all my clothes. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I find all my clothes. Like thrifting I find and stuff? All my sh- No, like, like in the streets. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I find, like, clothes come to me. Like, people give me clothes. I don't, like, yeah. my, my clothes sweaters have holes in them, mm-hmm. stains on them. This one has a stain on it. Somebody gave me this, like, this week. I mm-hmm. think this sweater is so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's got a thing to do there. Yeah, little, okay. Oh, another spot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, like, patch a little something onto it, but I don't want it to be a star and I don't want it to be a heart because those are kind of cheesy, so I'm kind of thinking what what I should patch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I've been, like, surrounded by so many hippies for so long mm-hmm. who all just look, like, dirt poor that, yeah, I'm very snotty about, like, wealthy people. Yeah, um, but I think that's cool because I feel like 
at least here in Orange County and like I, f- I feel like other like uh, big urban areas mm-hmm. like people look down on hippies people look down on yeah. just like even like like what is a hippie right like I feel like there's so many <laughs> dirty there's a, hair like, there's a wide range <laughs> of hippies right yeah but I just feel like if I feel like from what your experience and you're you're just telling me all this like you seem really happy you seem like you're really mm. yourself I think that's like that's super cool like mm. even the other day I was talking about how like um like witches and like brujeria mm. is like something in Spanish mm. or Mexico <clears throat> but it's always been labeled as bad but like really like brujeria and like witches they're like more in tune with like their astrological signs but also just like different like it just like sense people's auras and they can read the room better and it's just like that didn't sound like a bad thing you know like why did witches and hippies get like kind of a negative connotation you know because their hair is dirty <laughs> but like is that it you know like yeah. come on you yeah. can't deal with a little dirty hair yeah. <laughs> my hair was really dirty for a long time oh, okay yeah i like stopped brushing it and got dreads and everything i went down that whole such a stereotype but <laughs> early 20s you know like, yeah oh man yeah. it looked so bad on me i can't believe it oh incredible mm-hmm. um yeah <clears throat> Sorry, I kind of just blanked on everything you said. Uh, hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think there's such a negative connotation, though, on hippies? Oh, well, because Hollywood is full of non-hippies, and everybody mm-hmm. in the world watches Hollywood, so mm. it's not mainstream. But now it's getting mainstream. Well, not hippies, but witches. Witches is getting mainstream. Mm-hmm. And kind of hippies and, you know, chakras. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, a lot it's of that, like, Eastern mainstream. culture stuff mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, so, you know, but... um. <clears throat> Yeah, because I think people are realizing being stuck in this rat race of, like, always... Well, yeah, and people are burning out. Yeah. That's especially it. People yeah. Have, like, people are burning themselves out, and everybody's parents have cancer, mm-hmm. and that's, like, been a big wake-up call for people, like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is not good. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, at the end of the day, like, what do you... You mean, like, what do you... Like, like you said, with the car thing, and just, like... <clears throat> I, I love my car but like yeah. I don't need anything bigger more than that like that was my dream car that car? yeah but it's so lovely it's like it a is. nice car yeah, yeah. it is it, it's, it's <laughs> nice I guess but like I don't know <laughs> yeah it has like my nice <laughs> little my touch my dream car too <laughs> <laughs> but like I guess I remember like when I was in college I had a friend mm-hmm. and, I, and she was like oh like what's your dream car and I was like oh like a 2004 Mustang mm-hmm. and she's like that's it and I was like mm-hmm. yeah like that's yeah, it you yeah, know yeah. and I think a lot of times like especially growing up in here even like growing up in like Santa Ana Orange Anaheim area like people are always like wanting like too much right and like you're talking about the car thing like the other day I I saw a car like it was a I was driving on the freeway and it was like pretty congested it wasn't like bumper to bumper but it was pretty slow and it's like there's this like nice Mustang GT like a newer version of like my car you know probably has a V8 engine and you know some it it sounded really loud but I'm just like where are you gonna like drive that you know like that you're just wasting gas and like sitting in this slow ass <laughs> so, traffic. Yeah, you know? like that's just so silly. Like, yeah, but it's just I think it's yeah. more of like ego thing because I know totally, a lot of people yeah. my age, it's like oh like you gotta have the bigger engine or the bigger sounding car or the bigger truck. Yeah, and it's just like what for though? Like we're both at the same red light. Like <laughs> yeah, what? you know, yeah. we're like gunning it as soon as the light turns green, and then we're at the same next red light. Like yeah, know, I don't know. It's, yeah. I was talking about this with my brother because he was like, yeah, but cars can be an art, you know, too. And it I'm is, like, yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like do you have a nice car because cars is like your calling mm-hmm. or or if it's like a sincere thing or is it just to fill the void of you not following your soul's yeah. calling mm-hmm. and I feel like if more people had their own <clears throat> I've been talking about this lately with my friend um, it's like everybody needs a baby mm-hmm. 
if it's like my music my mm-hmm. art is my baby yeah. it's like m- something that needs me only i can give it life mm-hmm. um yeah it's my yeah and and it can be a literal baby too like some people not everybody's destined or you know should feel the, de- the pressure to have a destiny to be some you know like rock star or great creator or whatever like some mm. people are just maybe like their destiny is to be like an amazing mom yeah yeah create an amazing person and, yeah. and then that person <laughs> will go and make you know whatever yeah and and i just feel like <clears throat> everybody needs a baby everybody needs something and mm-hmm. and um and if they don't have it they might just like consume cars and, and netflix and porn yeah. and, and all this stuff and kardashians Oh, it's so <laughs> so toxic. Very. <laughs> oh, it's so it's super deadly, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't have a smartphone in the last like five years, and now I'm back on Instagram, and I'm just like scrolling through all this shit yeah. all day. I'm like looking at these girls going. Like, I'm like, oh, why am I putting this in my brain? Like, I don't want to watch this, but it's so addictive. And I'm like, yeah, do that fucking thing. Like, oh, it's so gross. Ugh. No, I feel that though. <laughs> I, the other day, um, every today's Sunday, yeah. So Sundays, I get my like weekly report of like how much time I spent. And um, Wednesday was my last day at work, so Thursday and Friday I had the day off. And my weekly report was like, w- like average was so much higher than weeks past because of those two days I had off. So like, usually my average is like five and a half. My average this week was nine, or like I totaled nine hours. Hours, like a day. On uh, was it a day? Yeah, I think it was nine hours a day. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So like, usually it's five hours a day, and that was nine cool. this week. So Shit. I was like really ashamed of myself, but I was just like, damn, like you know, like just because I don't have work, does that mean like I'm falling back into like these cycles? You know, Ugh, it's just so bad. Like having yeah. access to all this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever like lost all your stuff, or like you mm-hmm. you lost like your bag, or your stuff got stolen, and you're just like going home with nothing, mm-hmm. or like you just like you ever get stuck somewhere and you don't have anything and you're just like you have only your body and your yeah. clothes on you and that's it like no yeah. phone no keys no wallet and whatever like you have no yeah way i've been out. like hiking yeah like in far out places where there's no <sighs> reception and shit yeah like that stuff is so good yeah i i feel so alive when it happens i've been like robbed robbed i don't know i had my stuff stolen not like at gunpoint but like that's why i don't say robbed but <laughs> or i hesitate to say robbed but um you know, I've, like, had a couple times where I, like, lost all my stuff, and mm. I'm just, like, walking home, and I'm so alive. I'm mm-hmm. just, like, oh, Yeah. Like, I'm free, and I'm, like, I just feel like I'm an angel or something. I yeah. feel like I'm in, you know, one of these, like, acid trip, like, psychedelic yeah. fractal things, just, like, walking on water, like, yeah. back home. It's, everything feels so... Mm-hmm. It's a crutch. So... I know, like, um, during Thanksgiving break, I went to the DMV. And I remember, like, I was like, oh, like, I'm going to put on this podcast mm-hmm. and just throw my headphones in. Mm-hmm. But, like, I remember seeing everyone on their phones. And I was like, ha, like, look at them out on their phones. And, yeah. like, even though I <laughs> yeah. wasn't, like, on my phone, yeah. like, screen-wise, I'm yeah. still listening to something and, like, not being present, yeah. present, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just, just like, damn, okay, even I'm not, like, truly being there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know? Because yeah. who wants to... <laughs> I mean, the DMV can be really interesting. If you look around and you just think, like, mm-hmm. this is weird, you know, like people sitting <laughs> in a room like everybody's just waiting yeah. for a number and, yeah. i don't know it's, it's really trippy sometimes and the people there yeah. man the people yeah. who work there it's like <laughs> man i think there's utopia DMV. did you ever see the movie zootopia no no but like there's a depiction of like they go to their dmv <laughs> and it's like a sloth working and i was like that's that's it that's the dmv <laughs> that's so funny 
Um, yeah, like, it's just hard to produce mm-hmm. when you're consuming stuff all the time. And yeah. It's really hard, like, my most productive, like, times have been, like, in this, um, when I go to that, my grandparents' home in France, and it's just, like, in the woods, and there's no Wi-Fi, and, and it, <clears throat> just, just silence, like, I really find that silence is so essential, and mm-hmm. not, like, doing stuff all the time, just doing nothing, this mm-hmm. is, people don't do nothing anymore, yeah. and, and you, like, after about 10 minutes of doing nothing, you're, like, better, mm-hmm. you're just so much better, there's all this stuff goes, get leaves your body, and yeah. leaves your mind, and, and, and I feel so, like, bad about myself after I'm on Instagram, and I look at all these pretty girls, and I'm like, uh, I'm so yeah. ugly and I'm so old and I'm so but a lot of times they're so fake too I like know and I'm and amazing why should I be thinking that yeah. why should I be wasting my time yeah. thinking that like mm-hmm. oh my gosh I'm, I can bring so much and I'm wasting what I can bring because of all this stuff I put in my face it's mm-hmm. food you know it's brain food and it's like your diet like what use is being a vegan if you watch porn yeah you know like <laughs> that is not a spiritual diet <laughs> that is yeah. that's, that's dirty that's, yeah, oh, yeah very. That's so bad it makes you feel so sad yeah <laughs> yeah it leaves marks in your heart mm-hmm. and, um, and it corrupts your at least for like especially from a guy's perspective mm-hmm. I, I can say it corrupts your yeah. vision of like women and like your intentions totally. with them for sure yeah and it's interesting i was like who said this um okay so i follow a lot of like it's an evil plot to like control the world people <laughs> oh, okay yeah. <laughs> yeah i have a lot of friends like that and um you know, conspiracy friends and stuff like that mm-hmm. and one of them was saying that uh i can't remember who but they were saying like um that porn like part of the plot of porn is like to make men get used to watching other men have sex with girls it's like cuckolding them you know what a cuckold is? It's Mm-mm. like when it's like a Robin Hood term. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> is like when a man's woman gets sexed by another man. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Or something. It's yeah. like your your woman gets stolen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um and and it's like it, I don't know, it like takes it takes something away from men to uh, I can't remember I'm kind of paraphrasing weirdly here but or blindly I guess because I don't even know what the point was but um yeah and also like it took me so long I learned about sex from porn Mm -hmm. and I was a porn star for the first like 10 years of having sex or five years at least Mm -hmm. just like like acting like those girls I saw and moaning like those girls I saw and doing what those girls did and Mm -hmm. then like and then I made love for the first time and then like oh I could see clearly now you know Mm -hmm. and I was like this is oh it was just such a different thing you know and it's so like being on autopilot when you have sex just like trying to be like oh you know baby and like take it it's like oh it's so bad because you're like fusing with somebody you know Mm -hmm. you're finally not alone you're becoming one it's magic it's so Mm -hmm so holy and and <clears throat> it's like such a treasure and it's so like, intimate super intimate yeah it's like the most intimate thing you could do is to become one and and you like being on autopilot while you do that with your body is so like that really hurt me after mm-hmm. a while i realized like i was so hurt from that and i couldn't actually have sex for like a year or something because i was so i had like pain in my vagina when i would have sex because wow. of 
all this like trauma of just having like casual sex with mm-hmm. like my friends and just to, just to do it and mm-hmm. and I and I was like that like really broke my heart even mm-hmm. though I didn't I couldn't admit it to myself because I was like I'm a free woman and you know like <laughs> sexual equality or whatever but yeah. like that is complete BS like mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe in that anymore I feel like it's so sacred and mm-hmm. it's so it just does a lot more to you than you think it does and mm-hmm. lingers you know all these like sexual encounters they they linger around you like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well i think that's what like uh someone explained to me the other day is like you're exchanging energy you know mm-hmm. and like sometimes you can feel that partner's energy that you can feel the energy of the partners they've been with too Oof. right so it's not just like yeah. you and that one person it's you and any person they also been with too <sighs> so it's kind of like um and i i don't know i never looked at it that way but you know I don't know. It's something I'm, I'm like trying to <clears throat> look more into. Yeah, you know, for sure. It definitely starts with like cutting off porn. Yeah, you know, I feel like like again, it's just it's just bad. You know? It's hard, <laughs> Super, you know. Yeah. It's, it's hard because it's really addictive. Yeah, but um, it's just so like mm-hmm. so. Oh, mm. so sad. <laughs> yeah. Cry just thinking about it. And what I think too is sad <laughs> is like when I I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how like kids who grew up in like 70s 80s mm-hmm. like their first experiences with porn mm-hmm. is like a magazine yeah. it's like a nude still photo yeah. sure it's very graphic but like you know to a certain extent like yeah. that's not gonna like yeah. really <clears throat> deteriorate your brain but think like so like that was a nine-year-old back yeah. in the 80s right but like a nine-year-old now if they come across like some hardcore yeah. porn thing yeah on, a, on the internet really yeah like that that could really like that could scar that like nine-year-old's yeah. perception of like sex and just it, their relationship with like yeah. e- not even just women because like what if they come across gay porn or Mm-mm. orgies or whatever yeah. I don't know like it could just no, do really a number person, yeah you know? yeah which is like it could do a number on them yeah and women to men too it's not yes. just men treating right. women like objects it's women are just like oh I just want like a big dick and, <laughs> yeah. and like just like rail me like, <laughs> like just like an object you know yeah and all these <laughs> it's um it's so sad you know when you see like women saying these things like oh like I just want like a like a huge like mega dildo because it doesn't have all the like problems that comes with a man it's like oh you yeah. know like there's a whole person there you yeah. know like the whole heart and the whole mm-hmm. and um yeah it's um and also you know like there's there's a whole like argument about you know but like you can't judge what people do in bed and like mm-hmm. if you want to do this really crazy kinky stuff like and i can see you know but i feel like at the same time as food can be an addiction, drugs can be an addiction, internet can be an addiction. I feel like those extreme, <clears throat> like, ass, those extreme categories of sex that mm-hmm. go into really dark places, like, mm-hmm. maybe they're, you know, they can be cathartic for some people, but it can also be, like, an addiction of, of getting, the, it's like, it's like mm. the high of going off a roller coaster, you know? It's yeah. like this, and I was, I was talking to my dad's girlfriend about this, um, the other day I was talking, we were talking about, like, control and submission and this, because I have a, <clears throat> a Christian friend who's been, like, really, like, I've had so many conversations with him this year. Mm-hmm. I've been a huge influence on me. And he, he was talking about, like, submission to God. And he was saying, like, people need obedience. Like, people need to submit to something because they'll, they they just go out of whack if mm-hmm. they don't, you know. Like, they'll, they'll just keep pushing the edges and pushing the edges until they go into these crazy spirals. And, and I was, like, I was talking to her about sex. And I was saying, like, um that I felt like I have, you know, the, the times when I had been 
like choked or had kind of rough sex or something mm-hmm. um and and ugh, sorry dad <laughs> <laughs> um felt like i it, i felt like I felt like I needed to be choked until I died. Mm-hmm. Like I felt mm-hmm. like it wasn't ever enough. It was like just keep until I pass out. Like yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be enough roughness until I was like mm-hmm. until I died. It felt yeah. like it needed to go that hard and 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 it was like I saw kind of at some moment how it wasn't it wasn't about like flirting with the edge. It was like I could see how it just needed to go all the way into mm-hmm. some it was like a dark need for for yeah it's like another kind of form of just like killing myself you know yeah. the same way that I, I have you know I struggle with mm-hmm. actually less now but I've struggled with food over the years and mm-hmm. and like eating so much food and sometimes I just want to like I just want to like hurt myself I want to yeah. like stop like I don't I can't I don't. or like I would get so stoned I used to get so stoned or get so fucking drunk and and it was like this, I just want to hurt myself because it hurts so much to be alive and I'm so bad, I'm so mm-hmm. bad, you know, I have these thoughts and mm-hmm. and it just hurts so much to exist and it was like this need to, to annihilate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really dark, so. Yeah. I feel like, you know, that I, I meet a lot of people who are like all sexual freedom advocates, but um, at the same time, like, is that really coming from a genuine place or is that a place, like, a need to self-sabotage, to to hurt mm-hmm. to you know so yes <laughs> that's my thoughts on that yeah I feel that <laughs> yeah I think just to kind of wrap right like what do you call it tie a bow on that it's just uh, like yeah. it definitely gets overwhelming sometimes and it is easy to go to like whatever yeah. people use whether it is drugs sex yeah. porn whatever like people yeah. are find a, a, a cop out to a lot of things or like a bad outlet but I just think it's like I don't know, like, as, as you get older, I, at least I, in my experience, like, as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. I've learned, like, better ways to go about handling those mood swings or those, like, yeah. you know, those, like, really highs and the really lows. That's really good. Yeah, because it's just, it's, it can be challenging sometimes, for sure, yeah, you know, to always, like, hard. you know, my, my family, my dad's side is, like, there, there's a lot of addicts, you know, mm. and so it's, like, I get really scared. There was a, a good chunk of my life from, like, 22 to 24, like, I didn't want to touch alcohol because, like, oh, yeah. I saw it really got, I got really bad at home. Mm to where I was like, I can't be around this because, yeah, like, what yeah. if that becomes me? Yeah. You know, just casually drinking with friends and I turn into this monster, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So I was really, you know, I was really scared for a little bit. And, um, but it's just all part of the process, I guess, you know, just kind of keep finding different outlets and different yeah. things to, to kind of make yourself happy yeah. in those low well, moments. Well, I mean, or, look at you now. Like, yeah, you've got yeah. this beautiful outlet. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is so, No, it's like, super dope, yeah. Yeah, and it's so, yeah. like, you're doing this, yeah. you know? Like, nobody's forcing you to do this. Yeah, you're yeah. doing this because you want to and this mm-hmm. wouldn't exist without you like right. it's so special and and um appreciate that no it's i, I appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> you're like following you know mm-hmm. like an, an impulse in you and i feel like the more we follow those like those desires and those callings the less we buy the cars the less yeah. we do the porn the oh, less yeah. we need to be choked until we black out like <laughs> you know like the, you know we don't it's i feel like that's what Like, the girl who I was trying to, like, eradicate with mm-hmm. weed and, and alcohol and food and sex and violence, it was like, that was, the violence was directed towards this person 
who was not doing all the things she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And like once I started doing these things that are like these dreams I have, you know, they're so precious and delicate and beautiful and it, it's like so scary to do them because it's like as sincere as a baby, like my dreams are as 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 um just so oh, what's the word? Like so tender and so mm-hmm. earnest. Mm-hmm. And and if they were to be punctured by the world, it would I would die of yeah. heartbreak if yeah. that would happen. So it's really hard to like give them attention because they're so vulnerable. But if you don't give them the attention, like it you, just builds you, up. Yeah, you, know? and you, you become you, like a, a you hurt a teapot, yourself, you know, and as punishment. Yeah, you, yeah. I felt like I was hurting myself as punishment for not living that most purest truth of me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's um, it's like kind of deadly to not be yourself yeah it's yeah. very dangerous that's a big i mean i've never been to other countries but i just feel like it's a big common problem here you yeah know, a lot of people struggle to do that if you ask them yeah. what they really liked or mm-hmm. what they're super passionate about mm-hmm. i think a lot of people would struggle to answer that even yeah you know they truly yeah. don't know and especially because like like i was so lucky to be raised by parents who were not who didn't tell me to be quiet when I was singing, mm. you know, or who didn't like mm. laugh at me when I <clears throat> sang a wrong note or mm-hmm. who didn't like look at my drawings and say, Ugh. you yeah. know, like I was in an environment where I could make mistakes. And as a child, you, it's really hard as an adult to, um, to find that space where you yeah. can experiment and, mm-hmm. and not judge yourself so harshly for, for failing. Like, yeah. Children don't judge themselves as harshly for, for, for failing mm-hmm. as, as adults do and it's not even failing it's just messing up one know? step of the ladder yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like just no one gets it right it's away it's just a step yeah, yeah. it's just a <laughs> journey like, it's not mm-hmm. yeah so um <clears throat> that's really like mm-hmm. a precious gift from my parents was to be like raised in that a, a, a cocoon of yes yeah bring forth mm-hmm. what is within you young Padawan <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's super dope. Yeah. All right. So going back more to the music stuff, I've seen you done like the Sadie sessions, mm-hmm. IGTV and yeah. YouTube and everything. But I guess how else have you kind of adapted to life with COVID and oh. pursuing your music career? You know, it, it kind of came at a good time for me because um, Berlin is so distracting. It's just full of incredible musicians, so much good music. And like I said, everybody's like, nobody's on Instagram. Everybody's just like living in the moment. So I was just living in the moment for the last four years, just kind of like not really thinking about putting out an EP. I mean, I was thinking about it because people were like, put out a thing, da, 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 da. And I was just like overwhelmed by the options. You know, there's <clears throat> half my friends are producers and, you know, they were all like, you can record me. And I'm like, mm. I pick. And it was hard to just have enough like time to mm. just, just know where to start. And also because I just spent four or five years like just, well, six, seven years, you know, with Kenya and everything, just mm-hmm. writing music. So it was hard to know where to start with what songs because I had this huge, like, repertoire that I grew. Um, and coming here, um, and then COVID hitting was really good because I, <clears throat> because I uh, just had a lot of time to, like, organize this big catalog of songs that I had written and... Um, yeah, I've been working on a really cool project, which, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, there you go. Do you have a name or title for the project yet, or no? <laughs> it's called The Famp. 
the fan. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm also working on it on a collection of songs, an EP. It's yeah. not an EP. It's a collection of songs. Mm. I don't know. Okay. It was never meant to be an EP. Um, <clears throat> but that's coming out soon. In a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I just have to finish a cello and a couple other things. Ooh. Okay. Yes. And then, um, but then, like, behind that, you know, after that, uh, is, uh, the vamp. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's a big, very ambitious, uh, creative undertaking. Um, which I'm very excited about. So I've spent a lot of my year just <clears throat> recording demos of songs and mm-hmm. putting them together. I'm really into like concept album, okay, you yeah. know, story albums. And that's what the FAMP is. It's like big, big story of songs, which actually talk about everything I've just talked about. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing up in Orange County, feeling oppressed and leaving and seeing life and um, colors and... and uh, and love and sex and hurting myself and finding myself and then then walking in the true Lizzie and not needing to hurt mm-hmm. myself. Makes more. sense. Yeah. yeah. And kind of, you know, thinking more about like God and magic and mm-hmm. this is really happening and yeah. <laughs> I'm really here and like, oh my God, how yeah. is this? How is this real? And just, um, so that's what that is about. Um, okay. All those kind of songs, like each song was kind of like a diary entry in mm-hmm. a way, and then they, I was kind of able to like organize them into this mm. story. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to release that story. There you one go. Day. Nice. Yeah. Any other plans before you move back to Berlin after, other than you know working and finishing on that EP? Um. Well, my friend today just asked me if I want to go play a wedding with him in Arizona in August. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to be in August. But <laughs> if I'm here, that's the plan. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Mexico at the end of the month. I got a gig in Mexico. Nice. Yeah. From... At the end of this month? Or <laughs> yeah. Okay. The end of this month. Somebody... So like a few days. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going in like a week. I'm yeah. going to Cancun. <laughs> nice. I can't believe that. Um yeah, That's somebody cool. who saw me play in the street in Berlin like two years ago thought of me for some, I don't even understand what kind of a concert it is, but it's like for people of some hotel. I don't know. But so there you go. getting a trip to, free trip to Mexico. That's dope. Hell yeah. Or actually a paid trip to Mexico. It's free and then plus money. So. Mm. Um, Look at yeah. you. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's fucking dope. Yeah, it is so dope. <laughs> yeah, it's All crazy. Right. Yeah. Go look at the fishes. I'm so excited. I've never been snorkeling, but when I was a kid, I wanted to be a scuba diver. So okay. I'm going to go live <laughs> my childhood dream. Um, so that's the plan. Nice. And then I'm going to do my, you know, finish doing my EP artworks and then finish this cello thing and another thing. Um, have my little vacation in, in Mexico. I'm getting a one way ticket. So nice. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> I can sense that, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of got this. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I really shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. I, yeah. I just don't want the pressure of a return ticket. So. Okay. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yes. And then um, uh, I would like to record um, some like live sessions of my dad's music. Mm-hmm. His music is so good and he's just a hopeless artist mm-hmm. just in his artist cave not putting anything out there no mm-hmm. not a scrap of businessman in him mm-hmm. so nobody knows his musical and and you know he's like it's not perfect it's not perfect and i'm mm-hmm. like okay i understand because i'm the same way and that's why i haven't put out any music yet but 
but like people need yeah, this music people at a certain need time it. yeah yeah and mm-hmm. and the world needs it you know it's not even like ugh, it's, just, it's just such good music mm-hmm. it, 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 people need it mm-hmm. um there's not a lot of good musicals anymore most musicals are very cheap mm-hmm. and do you like hamilton that's, I didn't see it. Okay, He's, my dad said it was great, though. That's the only musical I've yeah, seen. So. Yeah? Did you like it? I, musicals I are good much. Yeah, I was saying musicals are hard for me. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're much. They're yeah, much. if you're not into that. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Because it, it was about a historical person, mm-hmm. and I'm a big history nerd. So like, oh, nice. I did like that oh, aspect cool. of it. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. History's awesome. Yeah. Well, before we wrap things up, I do like to ask these fun, like, introspective, mm. outside-the-box kind of <laughs> questions yeah. to kind of help the listener know you a little bit more. Okay. If you could talk to any person in history, dead or alive, who would you want to talk to? Oh, I'm so bad at this question. <laughs> uh, who? who uh, yeah, I would like to, you know, as I said, I've got this Christian friend who's been very influential to me this year. And, and I, like I said, I've come out of Berlin. Like Berlin is just all hippies. It's all this chakra, third eye, mm-hmm. you know, like we are God, everything is God. And I've been like all on that train for the last few years on the last three four years is like i am a god you know Mm. realizing the god of myself and Mm. uh living as a god and you know the universe is observing itself and creating itself and you know like we are the creator the createe Mm -hmm. like the creation and the observer of the Mm. i don't know like all this (laughs) and then recently i've started you know bringing this like this idea has come back into my life of like no but also god is like a person not just that we're all god but like god is a separate personality mm-hmm. who you could talk to <laughs> and who understands you mm-hmm. and who likes you <laughs> even though you're such a piece of crap <laughs> um well not really you just yeah. do you do bad things you know um and that's like been really cool to to start exploring that idea again like as i said my, i grew up I, I didn't say this but i grew up catholic and i grew up singing with my mom in choir and mm. And I kind of was like, what? Like, gay people can't get married. This, this garbage. And I, yeah. you know, had this whole, like, I'm an atheist hiatus. And, oh, and then the whole, like, everything's God hippie hiatus. And now I'm kind of coming back to, like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know. And um, and John Coltrane was, uh, he, what was it? A Love Supreme? Mm-hmm. He had this album called A Love Supreme. And I would love to just talk to him. You know, it's about God. Um, and it's about, yeah, like, Christianity. And I, I would love to talk to him about that. Okay. Um because I I feel like I really feel that love supreme you know mm-hmm. like there is something and he, there you go yeah, yeah maybe right. that, that's the first thing that came to mind <laughs> okay yeah if you could be reincarnated to any animal what would you want to be reincarnated as a cow a cow <laughs> yes okay just see grass or a flying squirrel I feel like those are my two spirit animals okay yeah, probably a flying squirrel, though, actually. That would be so fun. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. so cool. Yeah, jumping from tree to tree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have any toppings on a pizza, what would they be? All the vegetables. Okay. Just all of them. Every vegetable. And then <clears throat> pumpkin, mm-hmm. beet, oh, walnuts, goat cheese, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> spinach, <laughs> kale. <laughs> yeah. Mushrooms. Okay. So many, so many mushrooms. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, veggie pizza to the max. All right, sounds good. Yeah. If you were stranded on an island and food and water are provided, uh-huh. what are three things you'd like to bring to pass the time? Oh. Guitar. Mm-hmm. 
so community <laughs> a whole yeah 100 people <laughs> can i <that> count <laughs> i don't know yeah i was gonna say like a phone so i can like share the music with the world because i really feel now like you know art the final step of art is it needs to be shared yeah because people need it yeah you know it's food food soul food mm-hmm. so i feel like i probably i mean i love being alone i love being like totally isolated in the nature but um i feel i don't if i was there for the rest of my life i think i would and one of the objects could be like smartphone plus wi-fi <laughs> box yeah you can package things okay people cool. have like said oh studio equipment i'm just like oh yeah, yeah just do ooh. that as one yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh. <sighs> maybe like studio full of instruments <laughs> and very good equipment yeah. and like means to share it with the rest of the world but oh i would be so lonely um i don't know Ooh, uh paper a lot of paper okay, okay okay scratch this okay paper if if i had to be alone for this world and i can't package wi-fi box and potential to share it paper and pencils like unlimited supply oh and painting stuff i also mm. i love to paint okay um, canvases paints brushes Guitar, ukulele, piano, bass, bass amp, <laughs> loop station. <laughs> what is this hard question? <laughs> um, I don't know. I would probably. I There's a lot. Yeah. We can kind of yeah. divvy up the three. Yeah. Would you listen? Yeah. <laughs> Some contact lenses would be nice. So I yeah. <laughs> snorkel. <laughs> I went to go get contact lenses today from Costco mm. this morning. I think we. Yeah, yeah. Phone yeah, so I can go snorkeling. That's cool. Yeah, because I, I can't needed... snorkel with glasses. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay, that oh, would yeah. be cool. I can go look at the fishies on the <laughs> <Yeah>. deserted island. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then last question: If you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? <laughs> um. Stop dressing like a hoe. Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> like, like wear some normal clothes. Like calm down, you know. Mm-hmm. Ugh, go play guitar. Like, take off those shoes. <laughs> They're so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess it was a phase I needed to go through. I don't know if I would be myself today without that. Okay. So I probably wouldn't give myself any advice. I would just. Yeah. There you go. But um, I don't know. Yeah. If I could give advice to any other young person, just be like, "Stop dressing your baby." Yeah, like, "Oh, who's your baby? What yeah. is your baby?" Mm. And and you won't be happy until you're living for your baby. And it doesn't matter. Your baby could literally just be cooking dinner for your family. Yeah, like taking care of your family. Right, could that's be, your like, thing. Yeah, doing laundry and 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 making a, a nice life for some people. It can yeah. be any kind of size, big or small. It can mm. be. Like taking care of somebody in a wheelchair. It can be like a garden. Yeah. But what garden. do you you know? What do you love? Follow your bliss. What was mm-hmm. it, Joseph Campbell? Follow your bliss. Oh, three great words. Yeah. Follow your bliss and and get. Uh, turn off the internet. Like literally, yeah. change your password. Tell somebody to change your password and don't let them tell you what it is and take it. Yeah. Take a month <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. A day even is is so good for you. There was a movie. Yeah. You know, Call it Ready Player One. Have you ever seen it? Ooh, I actually just read the book and Ready Player Two, the book. Don't read the second book. Okay. Good. I don't know if they do it in the book, but I know in the movie it was cool how when they win the game, because mm. it was kind of like a similar concept, right, mm. where like people were so obsessed with this game that mm-hmm. they wouldn't live real life. Yeah. They were always in the game. 
that when that those two people won, they mm-hmm. come from like the poor community. They banned it like for two days of the week, right? Like I think Sundays and really? Wednesdays or oh. something like that. It was that's cool. That's that wasn't sh- in the book, but that's a nice. Yeah, they said that in the movie where it's like, oh, we're gonna ban it from these two days, mm-hmm. so you have to be present. And I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. Like if I'm we could get way. everyone on board, but like there's no way. But I would love to like do something yeah. like that, you know? Just like Sundays and Thursdays, no phones. You Truly, know? it's so. Oh. Yeah. It's so good to not have all your, you know. Yeah, be not powerful. Be so free, you know. Yeah. Like we have too much freedom. It's not good to have so much. <laughs> so much freedom is not good for you. It's too much pressure. Right. We don't know how to handle it. It's good to like have things, mm-hmm. not have so many options all the time. Just like mm-hmm. there's crunchy peanut butter or smooth. That's it. There's yeah. not like a million varieties, and you just yeah. you're forced to pick. Well, there used to be that peanut butter and jelly together in the same thing. Ugh. Remember that? You don't remember that? <laughs> no, I, I didn't like that. it. <laughs> what kind of jelly? Strawberry? I think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think Smucker's made it. <laughs> oh, man. Those, I don't think I could ever eat one of those little UFO sandwiches again, but I think we're so good. Those Smucker's, <laughs> like, little pressed edges. Sandwich. Oh, yeah, the Crustables. <laughs> oh, those are so good. I mean, at least yeah. in my memory. I don't want to ruin my memory yeah, by yeah. having another one now. And then, like, this is chemical this is warfare. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. before you go, go ahead and plug anything you'd like to promote. Social media, YouTube, whatever you... Oh, I put out a live session. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, I put out a live session a couple of days ago called Darling, You Belong to Me. That's the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on YouTube and Instagram. That's a lovely song. Okay. Um, <clears throat> And then I've got a non-EP EP collection of songs thing coming out um, in, uh, I don't know, a couple months. I need to figure that out. Um, and that's it, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, thank you again. For yeah, no, thank you show. so much for having me. And Yeah. Yeah, it's so lovely. Awesome. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, Following your, your bliss. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you, cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boom, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the Mike and I podcast, episode 139. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review. If you're listening on any other platform, hey, listen, um, be sure to be sure to subscribe, follow, and fuck with the podcast on any other platform too. And if you can, if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow the page at my period mike and period i i have a lot of fun posting little snippets uh promoting the guests and some things that they say if i see like a catchy quote i will definitely like try and promote that and obviously you should interact with the fans that way too maybe do some little polls post like i said stuff on the story all that kind of good stuff and it's a good way to reach out to me if you're interested in being on the podcast or have any feedback for the show and then best way place to reach out to me on twitter at underscore noah alvarez again i like to post a podcast there um and i I, obviously twitter is like a little bit more different platform so i like to give different takes and talk about sports and that kind of stuff so yeah those are two best platforms to reach out to me interact with me talk about the show get feedback on the show and that being said again thank you generic sports thank you to vince correa thank you to lizzie in the palm for sharing her story and being so open being a guest that uh, is willing to open up i like that i always uh, admire that it makes for a better conversation and of course thanks to you the listener now i must remind you to never stop seeking knowledge chase dreams not checks and hope you guys continue to have a wonderful 2021 and continue to battle through whatever obstacle you may be going through it's the beginning of a new year so you gotta switch up those habits get into new lifestyle choices man stay with the clean eating stay with the gym whatever your goals are make sure you guys stick to it stay strong we're only what one weekend i was gonna say a couple weeks but we're only one weekend this is january 7th the day i'm recording this so you guys got this all right all right
This is Noah Alvarez, the host of the My Mike and I podcast, signing off. Till next time.